0: If you would, remain standing for the reading of God's Word and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, I will begin reading in verse 17 this morning. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. the kingdom of heaven. Praise God for His holy word. Please be seated. So we continue our study today in the Sermon on the Mount. We have already studied the character of God's children in the Beatitudes. We saw the inward changes that occur. Being poor in spirit, they understand their own spiritual poverty or bankruptcy before the Lord. Mourning sin, having godly sorrow for when we have failed to please the Lord. Meekness, being humble, gentle, and lowly. A hunger and thirst for righteousness. We have not just looked at the inward changes, but we have also looked at the outward changes or the visible fruits. Being merciful toward others. The pure in heart, following God with single-mindedness, serving as peacemakers, and being persecuted for righteousness' sake. The undeniable truth that God does not just justify a sinner, He also sanctifies them. However you want to say it, salvation results in maturity. Salvation includes sanctification. From the ground of justification will spring the fruits of sanctification. That when God draws a person to himself, that person will image Christ. God's children bear good fruit. Christ has described the function of his children to be salt and light in this world. For this is what God has made them. You heard for two weeks where Blake over and over and over again repeated, God has made you salt. God has made you light. And this is how you will function in this world as the children of God. And now he's describing in detail the foundation of those who are his. And that foundation is the Old Testament scriptures. Christ is not modeling or teaching a new way of life. He is shining light on the law and the prophets in the Old Testament. Jesus is the promise of the Old Testament, and he is upholding what he himself breathed out in the law and through the Old Testament prophets. This is week three of four in hearing what God believes about the scripture. And this is us as a local body, a local congregation, as Foundation Baptist Church, going to God's word and saying, this is what the Lord believes, therefore this is what we are to believe. And hopefully as individuals, as we are looking at God's Word, we are saying, this is what I believe because God has breathed it. Jesus Christ did not come to abolish the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill them. The Scriptures are of great importance. Not an iota or a dot, not the smallest letter or stroke will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So, look with me at today's verse, Matthew 5, verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, let's begin with the word therefore. Because the law and the prophets have not been abolished, because Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, because the law and the prophets have been embraced by Christ as divine and important, this is why we have the word therefore in verse 19. We need to always notice the word therefore as we read God's word, so we look back to see what the word therefore is therefore. Does that make sense? We look in the context and we draw ourselves Back to understand why the word is there. So in this context, Jesus is drawing his disciples to an important instruction. And in the case of Matthew's readers for the first time, the Jews are being drawn back to what Christ has already said. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of God of heaven. So point number one is simple and it's also a wonderful reminder for us as God's children. The Lord has given us commandments to follow him. The Lord has given us commandments to follow him. We don't follow the Lord blindly and we don't guess and feel our way to what pleases God. He has given us commandments in which we can know how we are to follow the Lord. Because many times in our life, We live life removing the Christian basics. And the result is always the same over and over again in our life. Sin, pride, foolishness, and the building of our temporary kingdom. We remove the truth that God has made us. We abandon the absolute that we were made to image the Lord. We ignore what God has breathed and preserved for us. And we forget that our life is to be about enjoying the Lord and glorifying the Lord. As created creatures, we need to go to our Creator for our glorious purpose. And our purpose is to worship the Lord. Psalm 86, verses 8 and 9. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours, all the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Romans 11, 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who can, has been given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. From Him and through Him and to Him are things. All things. We were made to worship the Lord at all times. Revelation 4, verses 9-11. through And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders... Fall down before him who is seated on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So all of God's creation is to worship the Lord at all times. Psalm 16 5 11. Yahweh is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless Yahweh who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set Yahweh always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to shield or let your Holy One see corruption. You made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. It's your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. The Lord is nothing less than everything. And we were made to worship him. In this life, we are not autonomous creatures. Before sin entered the world, Adam was given commands, work and keep the garden. You shall not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And after humanity fell, the Lord continued to give commands to us to follow him and to please him. This basic truth, the Lord has given us commandments to follow him, reminds us that this life and all of this life is to be about him. Point number two is God's children are to obey his commandments and teach his commandments. See, it's not enough as a child of God to just sit there and to obey. You and I have been given a great mission to go and to make disciples of all the nations, to not just know the commandments of God, but to go and to teach the commandments of God. Matthew 5, verse 19, Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them, and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. The Lord has given us commandments to follow, and we are to follow them. God has breathed out his commandments. Therefore, who are we to put what the Lord has said aside? We don't relax. We don't Annul, we don't break, we don't set aside or make void in our life what God has breathed. The commandments of God are to be obeyed by us. Not only that, we are to teach others to obey the commandments of God. Therefore, it implies that you and I should know what the commandments of God are. James Montgomery Boyce said, not only do Christians need to believe the Bible and stand on it as a matter of principle, they need to obey it and act on it too, which is the ultimate test of whether any of us actually believe God's word or not. This is what Jesus addresses in verse 19 of chapter 5. Christians stand on God's word as a matter of principle for they desire to obey what he has commanded. If you claim to be a Christian this morning and you don't desire to please the Lord, you probably need to back up a little bit and ask yourself, am I really a Christian? Some believe that because Christ has come, we are not bound to obey the law because we are under the new covenant and we can do as we see fit because we are under Grace, this type of thinking is absolutely false and is called antinomianism. Antinomianism is the ethical system that denies the binding nature of any supposedly absolute or external laws on individual behavior, that Christians can live how they want because they are free from the law. Some even extend this into mysticism. They are being led by their feelings and experiences. And we have to be aware of this because there are many around us who are being led by their experiences and by their feelings. Just as Laura said this morning in her testimony, that's how she was being led by the former ignorance of her ways in this world. But God, when he saved her, he had given her the path to follow we must also be careful of these two false beliefs, antinomianism, mysticism, and the opposite error, which is legalism. Legalism declares that one is saved by keeping the law, as if we can earn our way to salvation, as if if we just do this, we will be good enough. That's the rest of the world, but not for biblical Christians. The Old Testament scriptures reveal who God is and how we are to please him. The law of God points us to Christ, our Savior. We can only please God if we have faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if we have been justified by Christ, we please him by following his words. It's the good old narrow path of looking to Christ. Let's take, for example, the moral law. Let's talk about the Ten Commandments. We please God by keeping them, not setting them aside. We don't say that we're under grace, but we don't need the Ten Commandments. How could God be honored if we have more than one God? Jesus himself said, You will love me and despise the other. You will love one and despise the other. You cannot serve two gods, God does not change. Jesus did not arrive on this earth and make void the Old Testament. He showed up and he turned the lights on. The penalty and power of the law for those who are in Christ, who have been born again, who are redeemed for the believer, that is gone because they are under grace. But even under grace, the law is good and holy, and they are to keep it for the keeping of the law reveals the character of God. That God has commanded his children and his children are to obey And his children are to teach others to follow his commandments. Did you know there is a horrible, absolute horrible thinking among many Christians that making disciples is not for everyone? Even if they don't verbalize it with their mouth, they live like it day in and day out, year after year, because they never talk about Jesus with anyone. Maybe you're thinking, but pastor, my spiritual gift, it's not teaching. My spiritual gift, it's not preaching. But that does not mean that the Lord has not commanded you to teach others his commandments. Matthew 5 is not for a group of individuals whom Jesus is saying, This is just for you. It says, Whoever therefore relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. We do not void the commandments of God because if we do, we are teaching others to do the very same thing. You see, Even when we do not open our mouths, we are constantly teaching how we respond, what we say, what we do not say. I didn't understand this as a little child. I remember as an adult, I read Proverbs 13, 20 and 21, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. I remember my father and mother teaching me this all the time. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful who you are constantly around. Be careful that a companion of fools is gonna suffer harm. You see, what we believe matters because our beliefs alone, they teach. We are to follow the commands of God and teach others to follow the commands of God. We are not to set aside what God has commanded and teach others to set aside what God has commanded. We are to obey the commandments of God and teach others to obey. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. I quoted Matthew 28 earlier. Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. This is crystal clear as to our job on this earth as the children of the Lord. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. This is after Jesus has died, after Jesus has risen from the dead, after Jesus has appeared to his disciples and walked with them for 40 days, after he has taught them and looked back to the Old Testament scriptures and teaching them, this was about me, this was about me, this was about me, this is about me, and now Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and he instructs his children. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So all of God's children have been commanded by God to go. All of God's children have been commanded to make disciples as they go. So we teach others to observe all that Christ has commanded. We don't, we don't leave anything out. Everything that Jesus affirmed, we affirm. Everything Jesus taught, we are to teach. Everything Jesus discussed, we are to go to and to cover with an individual so that they understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the authority in which Jesus says this is his authority over heaven and his authority over earth. There is nothing outside the authority of Jesus Christ. And for us, we need that reminder that you and I are not outside of the authority of Christ. We are not autonomous creatures. The Lord has given us commandments to follow Him God's children are to obey his commandments and teach his commandments. And point number three, looking at just this one verse, it seems extremely harsh, but how glorious it is. The kingdom of heaven will have different ranks. Salvation is absolutely all of grace, but God teaches degrees of rewards in heaven based upon how we live now as the children on earth. Look at Matthew 5, verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, just so that we are clear and we understand, I am not talking about false beliefs and false religions. I'm not talking about going to one level of heaven and then going to another level of heaven and then eventually owning our own planet and becoming a god. I am talking about an individual who has been born again. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. But looking at this verse, the kingdom of heaven will have different ranks. There will be some that are called least in the kingdom of heaven. There will be some that will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Listen to the wise words of John Stott concerning verse 19 it reveals a vital connection between the law of God and the kingdom of God. Because he has not come to abolish but to fulfill, and because not an iota or dot will pass from the law until all has been fulfilled, therefore greatness in the kingdom of God will be measured by conformity to it. Nor is personal obedience enough. Christian disciples must also teach to others the permanently binding nature of the laws and commandments of God. All of God's children will be in the kingdom of heaven, but Christ is clear. Your attitude in your life, your handling of the law of God, of what God has breathed, is connected to your heavenly rank. John Calvin said, those who shall pour contempt on the doctrine of the law or on a single syllable of it will be rejected as the lowest of men. Some will be called least, while some will be called great. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 11. No one can lay a foundation other than that which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. All those whom the Lord saves, they will enter heaven. There is a great assurance of that in the scriptures. That God's children will persevere, amen? That if saved, always saved. But God's children, they bear fruit. That's why even as a father, when I have children who profess faith in Christ... And they want to follow the Lord in obedience by being baptized like we saw this morning. I don't quickly rush to the waters as soon as possible and think, man, I want to do this as fast as I possibly can to make sure they don't change their mind. I want to step back and look at their life and make sure they're following the Lord. I want to look for fruit in their life. Because if they have been saved, they're going to be saved the rest of their days. And baptism has nothing to do with salvation. All those whom the Lord saves, they will enter heaven. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But our attitude towards the word of God is directly connected to our future rewards. In the Ten Commandments, for example, the moral law, we should not relax one of them and teach others to do the same. So we should not commit adultery and we should not lie. We should not murder, and we should not covet. We must not set aside the least of God's commandments. This is a wrong attitude that has current and future consequences. Leon Morris said, a wrong attitude to God's commandments means a lowly position in God's kingdom. The other side of that coin concerns a person who both obeys the commandments and teaches others to do the same. This is the person who attains honor, who is called great in the kingdom. Luke 17, verses 1-4, through and he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck, was cast into the sea, and that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The one who pays attention to the word of God will pay attention to the lives of others and they will teach others the commandments of God. The reason that so many people in today's churches do not go and make disciples is because they have nothing to go and make because they've kept their eyes off what God has said. We are to pay attention to our life by following the commandments of God. And we are to pay attention to the lives of others by passing on the commandments of God, of having conversations If we skip forward from Matthew 5 to Matthew chapter 22, we find these words beginning in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So here Jesus summarizes the law and the prophets. Notice what Jesus did not do. Jesus did not remove any of the ten. He affirmed and summarized the ten. He said, Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's the summary. He did not remove it. He said, Loving God and loving your neighbor does not happen by ignoring the commandments of God. Even the least of the commandments is important. Tom Pennington worded it this way, is that Jesus will honor those who honor his word now. That all of God's commandments, the least and the greatest, they are extremely important. They are valuable. We don't brush little commandments under the rug and saying it's okay because I'm keeping the big ones. We are to honor the Lord with all of them. Joel Beek said, the core of true godliness is a heart set free by the power of his kingdom in order to seek after obedience to God's laws with humility and love. That God's children are now free by the grace of God to humbly seek God through his holy word and to obey his holy word. Because you couldn't do that before salvation. Listen to the words found in Psalm 119. Fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me. Your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. In Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2 Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. His delight is not picking the laws in which he will follow and picking what he thinks is okay for him and ignoring the rest. His delight is in the law of the Lord, which means all that God has breathed. The Lord has given us commandments to follow him. God's children, they are to obey his commandments and teach his commandments and your obedience and attitude towards the commandments of God, it will directly impact your ranking in heaven of being called least or being called great. Jesus will honor those who honor his word. Some questions for us would be for us to consider, are the commandments of God important in our life? Are the commandments of God important in our life? Sometimes we answer this with the absolutely no, they're not. Because we live our life as if, if I have time for this, I will do this or that. Which commandments of the Lord are you relaxing? Are you laying aside something in the name of convenience that you should be keeping? You know, those who we be called great in the kingdom of heaven, they obey the commandments of God and they teach others to do the same. I know for me personally, as a child of God, we long to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to know in my heart that I have laid aside certain commandments because it's just easier to do that. I want to please the Lord in every area. Those who are called great in the kingdom of heaven, they obey the commandments of God and they teach others to do the same. So here's a natural question. Who are you teaching? At what age do you have the luxury to sit back and to go on vacation and not teach anybody the commandments of God? The answer is no age. If your attitude is, who cares, at least I am saved. I believe this is exactly why this is said. If your attitude is, who cares, I know that I am saved and that's enough. That's a prideful attitude to have. In the words of J.C. Ryle, the Christian who is content with a low standard of personal holiness has great things to learn. They have got much to learn. You see, as a child, I used to ask these exact same questions. I used to think about my personal life and and how I was living. And I would ask, yeah, but how close can I get to something in which I'm not sinning? And that's the wrong question to ask. The question is, how can I live a full and pleasing life before the Lord? How can I serve the Lord and live a holy life that pleases Him in all things? It's not how close can I get, it's how close can I get to the Lord? The Christian who is content with a low standard of personal holiness has much to learn. Our goal should be to glorify God and not some things. Our goal should be to glorify God in all things. Whether we eat, whether we drink, whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. Because it's not just knowing the commandments of God, it's knowing the commandments of God, it's being obedient to the commands of God, And if we love God, we will keep and we will teach His commandments. Over and over again this past week, I have put these questions through my own mind and my own heart, asking what is it in my life in which I have downplayed? What is it that I have overlooked? What is it that I have ignored? And yet, clearly, in this scripture, we have Jesus Telling us exactly, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. If our heart attitude and our goal is just to enter heaven, you have a prideful heart. If your heart, attitude, and goal is to glorify God in all that you do and continue to be a student of God and to learn what God has said and breathed out and to pass on what you are learning with other brothers and sisters in Christ so they won't sin as much as you have in the past and, and so they will, and you will begin to multiply and to make disciples who made disciples who made disciples. That's the attitude because we want to glorify God in all things. So where are you this morning? Are you content with just knowing, or do you want to know, obey, and pass on? For some of us, our first step may be just to go home and to abide in God's word and to ask someone to teach us so that in the future we can teach others. And for some of us, the goal is just to go home and to maybe... Understand that we have other souls in our household in which we are responsible for, in which we should start passing on the word of God to them. If you don't know what to do, just open up your Bible and read and then pray. Start somewhere. We dare not relax anything that God has commanded. May we teach and model and pass on what God has commanded because this life is not about us we have been given commandments by the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy word. Father, if there is anything that I have said that is wrong, Lord, I ask for forgiveness. I ask that it would just be erased from people's memories. Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you that salvation is all of grace. It's not of works. But Lord, as your children, may we seek to please you in every area not forsaking any commandment, not putting anything aside, but fully trying to honor you in everything that you have breathed. Father, I pray for the lost in this room that you would draw them to yourself. Father, I pray as your children that we would listen to your commandments and we would follow them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.